0: You are listening to Podcasting for Introvert Entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Cliff DuVinois, and this is episode seven. Welcome to Podcasting for Introvert Entrepreneurs, where it's all about podcasting, business, and mindset for the introvert entrepreneur. I'm your podcast coach and fellow introvert, Cliff DuVinois. And now I'm with the show. Hello, my fellow introverts. How are you doing today? In this episode, I want to share something with you that has recently entered my sphere. And this is actually something that I believe plays right into the strengths of an introvert. And personally, it has really allowed my creativity to gain some very serious momentum. So one of the things that I've heard since, I don't know, forever has been you know, oh, well, introverts need time by themselves, so they prefer time by themselves. And for some reason, this is considered some kind of a weakness. If you're not out socializing with, you know, a thousand people at a time, you know, if you prefer to have alone time, then there's something wrong. But I want to challenge that notion, as I'm going to be doing quite frequently in this podcast episode, in that not only are alone time is something valuable that introverts need, and, and at the same breath, something that can really help our creativity play out. So let me share with you, it was about two weeks ago and I had meeting day. Now, I'm sure you know what meeting day is. Uh, I scheduled all my meetings to take place on one single day just to get them all over with. If there's one thing that I hate and that's having meetings splashed all over my schedule, I would rather have them all in one day and just get them over with. Now, this concept is called batching where you take similar activities and you put them all together. And I actually really like batching. So one of the times I use batching, for instance, is when I'm creating Instagram reels. It is something that I do on Friday. I allot two and a half hours to create five reels so that way I can release them throughout, you know, the next week. And there's a certain rhythm that you get into and you get really into this like groove and da-da-da. Rather than try to create one reel every single day, I just do all five and then I save them as drafts. So anyways, I do the same thing when I'm batching my meetings. And after my last meeting, I tell you, it was so hard to think. I have to be on for every single one of these meetings and being on all day just wears me out. But I wanna make sure that, not only with the people that I'm meeting with, but you know the clients that sign up, and I wanna make sure that I show up as my best self in every single meeting. Whether that's offering feedback or coming up with you know new strategies or solutions, uh, and this involves, of course, being you know myself, right, and showing up the best way that I know how. And when the last meeting ended, I remember you know signing off with the client. I'm like, "Yep, I'll send you all this information. Don't worry about it." And when we talked about it, and I ended the meeting. Man, I just took a giant breath. I was like, and I cannot wait to get away from this computer. So I I coordinate, I send them a follow-up email with all the action items that they needed to do. And from that point forward, it's like, what am I going to do? Well, I could sit on the couch just ignore everybody, put my phone on do not disturb, but I'm usually pretty active. So I went for a walk just to get out, just to, you know, just to, to just kind of recharge, so to speak. Do you know what I'm talking about? I mean, have you ever been there when when you've done this, gotten to the end of your day, and you're like, okay, I'm done peopling for the day, right? I've been there more times than I could shake a stick at. But believe it or not, there's actually science behind this. Now, in trying to understand why introverts need alone time, and we need this alone time because we actually get drained, but I found some really great research that Dr. Marty Olson-Laney did for her book, the introvert advantage. So you can see I'm not the only person who thinks that introverts are at an advantage, the introvert advantage. And it all has to do with this little chemical called dopamine. You see, human beings are wired to be with other human beings. And when we're with other human beings, we get this little shot of dopamine and it makes us feel good. Now, the key difference is how we react to large doses of dopamine. So, for an extrovert, for instance, they need a ton of dopamine. They cannot get enough dopamine. It's like me with donuts, right? You just cannot get enough. And they want more and more and more. So, that's why the more that they interact with people, they walk into a room and they see 100 people there and they're like, oh, this is great. And they go around to every single person there and talk to them and stuff, da, 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 because their brains are getting dumped with dopamine and they love it. This is why they're they're so like, like, you know, out like talking to people, right? The more they get, the more they want. Introverts are actually highly sensitive to dopamine. At some point in time, we say, okay, that's enough. I've had it. I've had my fill, right? And we have to get ourselves out of that social situation. If we stay in that social situation, more and more dopamine gets dumped into like our mental gearbox, so to speak. And instead of lubricating our mental gears, it acts as kind of like a, like a paste or a glue almost. And it just gunks everything up. Now, of course I read this as I'm studying this and it, and it makes total sense to me. Like I have been at, you know, the classic example, I've been at wedding receptions where I've been there for like maybe an hour or two you know, the bride and the groom, they come in and we're having dinner and we're doing all these things. And, you know, after dinner, they're doing some activities, you know, throwing underwear, things like that. This is usually the point where I actually will go for a walk around the parking lot for like a half an hour. And I didn't realize it before, but I was dopamined out, right? I had so much dopamine dumped on my brain. I needed to get away. I needed that space. And so I always thought I was weird for going out in the parking lot, walking around. But I know that after a half an hour breathing, you know, in and out, just taking some time for myself, that I was ready to go back into uh, the, you know, into the wedding reception. So, uh, and so I I found this to be interesting because now I'm understanding a little bit better now it has to do with the dopamine that's being dumped on our brain. So and continuing to further research this topic, because I'm, I'm wanting to figure out, you know, how can we manage this, right? How is introverts, how can we manage this, right? Because I want us to always show up as our best selves. And I stumbled across this book that was called Minding Your Time, Especially for Introverts. And it was written by David Hall. Now there was an interview that he did, and he said something in this interview that really caught my attention. When we are drained, talking about introverts, when we are drained, it's hard to do our best work. As an introvert, you need to know what activities or situations drain you and how to recharge. When we understand your energy needs and how to work with them, you can build some recharge time into your plan every day to help you stay energized and at the top of your game. Now, I want to circle back and highlight something that he said. You can build some recharge time into your plan for each day. And then that's when it hit me, of course, because I live by my calendar and if it's on my calendar, it gets done. And what I was doing was I was filling up my calendar with you know all these activities, all of these singles meetings and at some point in time I'm like, man, you know what I could go for a break or I could go for a walk and what I would try to do is try to find five minutes to go out for a walk. Maybe a meeting would end or end earlier, maybe I would get some kind of an activity done or something else like that. But I realized that in order for me to build in that recharge time, I was actually going to have to schedule it. I was going to have to build it into my schedule to make it happen. So what I did is I went back and I revamped my schedule. Now there's lunchtime, but after lunch, I now have a one hour standing meeting. And what I don't tell anybody is that this meeting is actually with myself. And then during this time, I go for a walk. And during this walk, it allows me to decompress and allows me to filter out some of that dopamine, this like mental white noise, so to speak. So I can let my creativity chew a little bit on what happened in the morning, right? What are some of the new problems that I have to come up with solutions for, right? And then I think about, okay, so this afternoon, I've got a meeting with this person and with this person. So what would be some good ways to approach that? What are some things that I should be thinking about before I go into these meetings? Now, about six weeks ago, uh, I came across something purely by accident that really drove all of this home. and and i'm I'm actually really excited to be sharing this with you guys, because as an introvert, I'm also creative. A lot of introverts are creative. If you have any kind of an online business where you are pumping out content, whether it's uh, you know articles, whether it's videos, you know podcasting, that's my thing then you are also a creative. Congratulations, whether you admit it or not. Now, it's obvious, like I said before, I love podcasting. I love writing. I'm good at them. And I'm getting better all the time. Because the more you do them, you know, the more you exercise your creative muscle, so so to speak, the stronger that creative muscle gets. Well, this book had been on my radar for over a year because a lot of people said, oh, you should get this book. And I I finally got it. And it was called The Artist Way and it's by Julia Cameron. Now, she actually originally wrote this book back in the 90s, and it was crazy popular. But what brought it back was the fact that COVID and all these people were stuck at home, and they're thinking, you know what? Rather than sit here and watch TV all day, maybe I can do something creative, like start that blog, or start that podcast, or do whatever it is. So, of course, they turned to a book. They find her book, and they ordered it. So now, all of a sudden, this book became popular once again, uh, among the culture. And I can't tell you the number of times that I've bumped into people that originally read the book back in the nineties, but because it's become so popular, they've reread it again. So it's awesome. Anyways, that's how the book came to my attention. Now, if you're not really familiar with the book at all, Julia teaches a framework in there about how you can allow yourself to become creative and what you can do to be even more creative. Now, she claims that this applies to all artists, not just writers, painters, sculptors, whatever it is. I don't know about that because writing is my shtick, but she claims that her advice can help any artist that's out there. One of the concepts that she discusses is that our creativity is like a child. And, you know, our child will work when we tell it to, you know, we go up to it and say, hey, here's a problem. Give the child a problem and let them play around with it and see what they can come up with, right? But our creative child works even better when we can allow it to to indulge, so to speak, when we can just let it play and, you know, let it recharge, right? Whether that's, you know, either taking a nap, like, oh, I'll think about this overnight and I'll get up in the morning, whatever it is, but let it be active. But the point being is, is that when you just allow your creative child to play, that's when you do your best and most creative thinking, by the way. So she outlines these processes that you can do to help out your artist child. One of these concepts is called the artist date. Now, what is an artist date? I'm glad you asked. So this is how she defines it. Quote, put simply, an artist date is a once a week solo expedition to do something that enchants you or interests you. It is half artist, half date. You are wooing your artist planned ahead of time, hence date. This weekly adventure is something that you look forward to as with a romantic date, anticipation is half the fun. So this is how she defines what an artist date is. Now it's an expedition, meaning you have to get out of your house to do it. You can't just sit at home, I guess, and and read a book. It's something where you have to get out and you have to actually do something. And of course, This is meant, it's an activity for you to do by yourself, meaning no social media, no people tagging along. You're not texting your friends, you're not talking on the phone. This is something that you do purely by yourself. Now, of course, when I read this and I'm thinking to myself, well, I'm an introvert. I don't mind doing things by myself, right? I have no problems doing activities, whatever it is. Of course, I'm thinking because it's an artist date and I know what a date means to me, I'm thinking it's things like, okay, so I got to go sit in museums all day. Or maybe I have to go see artsy movies all day, right? Or attend a play or do anything else like that. Now, I certainly don't have an issue with these things. Of course, my struggle is is that there's not a lot of museums that are around me. So probably within the first month, I would see every single museum that is around me. And a lot of times going to see paintings kind of fatigue me because after a while the paintings all start to look the same and I just get tired. I'm like, you know what, I'm I'm kind of over this. I don't spend my life living in a movie theater because I'm actually quite picky about the kind of movies that I see. And trust me, there's not a lot of movies out there that I actually want to see. Uh, as far as attending plays go, um every blue moon plays come to my specific area. So I'm sitting there thinking to myself, well, what am I possibly going to do for an artist day? But she actually gives some alternatives. Basically, an artist date is anything where, kind of like the, the your prefrontal cortex, that logic center of your brain, so to speak, kind of goes on hiatus. And then that's all of a sudden when your creativity starts to t- take more control. So, what are some instances for this? Taking a shower. Did not know that. Taking a shower, for instance, is considered to be an artist date. Now, I can't stand in the shower for two hours. Some days I feel like it, but I just can't do it. And besides, I come out of there looking like a prune. Well, then she says, driving a car. And I'm like, that's it. That is it. Driving a car. Because if there's one thing I do really enjoy doing, and that's driving. I love, love, love getting on the road and just driving aimlessly. And I can do this for hours. Give me a bottle of water or two. Give me a few road snacks and just let me wander. Let me go because I'm way out here in the country. Country roads, no problem. So I put my artist date on my calendar. It's for the weekend and I have blocked out two hours of my time. And I open up my map and I'm like, okay, where can I go? That's going to take me about an hour to get there and about an hour to get back. And I picked this beach town that I hadn't been to in years. And I'm like, you know what? It's great. And so when I'm getting ready to actually go out on my artist date, the sun is shining. And I'm like, well, if it's a beach, why don't I just spend time at the beach, right? So I grab a lawn chair, blanket, some sunscreen, grab a book, grab a good book. And I do that as well. Of course, now the point of this is that you make sure you do activities that are out of the norm, right? So, you know, for instance, taking a different route or, you know, not necessarily taking the fastest route because that's what GPS wants us to do. But like taking a different route, for instance, maybe a scenic route. Right. So maybe if you're on your way home, if there's a path that takes you through like a national forest or something, take that route instead of the freeway. Right. Just again, just letting that creative child just play while you're doing this driving activity. Because how many times have you been behind the wheel of a car, like especially going down the freeway, and you blink and 50 miles has gone by? You don't even remember where those last 50 miles went. You're like, holy smokes, what happened there? Right. I've done that. I don't know how many times. So. Obviously there's beaches that are closer to me, but I opted to pick that one because it allowed me to reach that 2-hour window. I wanted to have 2 hours in the car where I could just like not have to think about really anything. I don't put any music on, there's no podcast, it's just me and the open road, right? I love that white noise. Now, this is when something really amazing happened. I'm driving down the road and, you know, one of the things that I thought about was, yep, I'm going to have to launch my new podcast. And I got to start thinking about topics and ideas to be able to do this. Da 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 Well, then all of a sudden, all these ideas started jumping out of nowhere. Like I wasn't like like consciously thinking like, oh, my God, I have to come up with a podcast episode. What am I going to do? It was just something that I just let my artist child play with. And here I am going down the road, looking out the window. And all of a sudden, a little voice goes, you know, if you talk about this and this, then it plays perfectly with this. And I'm like, oh, my crap, that's really good. Right. And all of a sudden, it's like another idea popped up and another idea. And I'm like, ah, so I have to pull over to the side of the road. And I'm, I'm scrambling to find uh, my notepad. I always carry my notepad and a pen with me wherever I go. So I finally find it and I just start writing. And all these ideas were coming. And I was filling up page after page after page in my journal. It was like I could not write fast enough. You know, and meanwhile, my car is sitting on the side of the road. I'm on some back road somewhere. I'm not taking any freeways or anything else. There's nobody else around me for miles, which was beautiful. But I'm getting all this stuff written down in my book. And it was awesome. And I was so inspired by it. And I was like, wow, thank you, creative child. You know, you really helped me out there. So every weekend since then, I have taken a two or three hour drive somewhere, you know, and, you know, just to give you an idea, right, about how you can combine some of these things. I had to make a trip to Walmart cuz I wanted to get some aqua sandals. I've become a really big fan of uh, kayaking. And so I thought, you know what? This weekend I'll combine my art date with going to Walmart. And so the problem is is that Walmart is about a 20-minute drive from my house. And I wanted to get my full 2 hours in of driving. So my creative child chimes up and says, "Do you really have to go to that Walmart or can we go to a different one?" And of course I laughed. I looked at the map. There's this Walmart way out there in the middle of nowhere. And I thought, you know what? That's over an hour drive. The, the GPS says it's about an hour and 15 minutes. That's perfect. So I drove an hour and 15 minutes, go to Walmart, get my sandals. And then on the way home, I picked a different route, driving now other country roads. But it was just awesome. And you know what? I so look forward now to having these artist dates, right? Some time on the weekend where I've just got this space to myself to go out and drive and just let my, my artist child play. Now, the reason why I'm bringing all this up is going back to our original premise is that as introverts, we value our alone time. I mean, not only does it allow us to kind of clean out uh, the dopamine gunk that is in our brains, but at the same point in time, leveraging leveraging this as an artist date is when we can do our really best thinking by putting ourselves in a position, setting our artist child up for success. Because there's problems that we're chewing on all of the time. So when we allow our artist child to be able to uh, just play on these particular problems, then that's when we start to do our best thinking. So I'm challenging you, my fellow introvert entrepreneurs, you're a problem solver. This is what we do. This is what we are really good at. Let your creative child have that time. Create your own artist date. Dedicate a two hour block on the weekend or maybe even some night where you can do something that is going to feed your soul and let your creative side play. You might be really surprised with what your creative child comes up with because those are the ideas that you can share with your clients and even share with the world. So go out there and let your creative child play, my introvert friends. Take care, and I'll catch you in the next episode. Hey, everyone. If you're enjoying these episodes, then you really should check out podcastingwithcliff.com. We've got all kinds of resources to help introvert entrepreneurs just like you to excel in their business using simple podcasting techniques. And the concepts that I talk about in this podcast, we do a really deep dive into what it means to truly be an introvert entrepreneur and how you can use your innate traits to truly dominate your niche. Come over to podcastwithcliff.com and check it out for yourself. Until next time.